The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Hi, I'm Helen Peacock, and I'm a spiritual medium, and welcome to Spirit Chat. My mission and passion is to bring comfort and validations that your loved ones are still with you once they have crossed over to the other side. I'm a messenger and a bridge between you and the spirit world. On this podcast, I will be sharing and demonstrating how I connect with spirit. I will also be helping you to develop your own intuition so that you can strengthen your very own connection with your loved ones. I will also have some great guests and chat about the spirit world as well as sharing my readings with people. The afterlife is a celebration, and your loved ones are still with you and willing to communicate. So yes, the conversations continue. Now let's get started. Hello, friends, and welcome to Spirit Chat, episode number 15. And I'm very excited about today's guest. Yes, my guest. Are you ready for this? Is my brother. Yes. Oh my goodness. I've been wanting to have like an in-depth conversation with him. He's a very deep soul, very knowledgeable. I love him. I love him. I love him to death. And the conversation that we decided to have to share with my listeners and my viewers is a lot to do with breath work and how important breath is. And um, I won't get into too much because I want you to find out some things for yourself. But very interesting topics. Um, We do discuss about the energy of the breath and earth consciousness and a little bit about himself as well. He's very, very knowledgeable about the life force energy and he is a healer himself. So I don't want to say too much, but I really hope that uh, you enjoy the conversation that we had. Yes, we do get a little bit vulnerable here and there and there's some laughter. But um, yeah, I hope you're excited to uh, listen to our conversation and. We'll touch base at the end. Thank you for listening. Hello, friends, and welcome to Spirit Chat. And I would love to say that I'm very, 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 very excited about my guest. Um, I'm honored and blessed that he agreed to be here today. And that is, I'd like to introduce you to my brother, David Donnelly. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Hello there. Yes, that's my brother. And the reason why I invited my brother on to my show is because one, he always fascinates me with his, his, his words, his wisdom, his knowledge in regards to energy work, breath work, um, just him as a man, him as a father, um, him as a partner. I just love him. I do. I do. (laughs) Can you tell I'm so excited? You have to go look at the YouTube video to see him looking at me right now. So we're we're here to shoot the shit. We are going to have a conversation. And the conversation that we would like to chat about more than anything is breath work. 
And I'm just going to have my brother, I'm going to have David just share with you um, a little bit about himself. Hopefully he agrees to that. Do you agree to that, David? I do agree to that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so just for my listeners, just so you know, you may hear the odd chime or bird or whatever. He's doing this uh, podcast with me in his beautiful backyard. So just to let you know that he is outdoors. So his sound, the quality may not be the greatest. So David. I'll make sure to speak up. <laughs> what was that? Sound travels very well out here anyway. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, so what do you, what do you want to share with us regarding how did this, how did you get into this? What started this for you, your journey? Well, the very beginning, I would say, would be uh, not sleeping at night when I was a kid and just exploring my imagination. And I was always into Star Wars, as you remember. So it yes. was a lot of Jedi, Jedi, which led me to finally the idea of, well, what is the Force? And so that's something for a young child, I think, was interesting to explore just the idea or the sensations of what something like that would be like. But in my own imagination, I would travel through space. And so that kind of got me out of my body and got me into my imagination and exploring my imagination. But <clears throat> I had, uh, you know, a lot of emotional issues. We didn't have the easiest upbringing, of course. No, we and didn't. so uh, my emotions, my breathing, everything was kind of wrapped up in the same issues biologically and emotionally. And when I got into martial arts uh, more later in my, my early 20s, one of my instructors had noticed that when we, whenever I got onto the ground with someone, if they got on top of me, I would begin to panic. And that panic was because of my breathing. So as, as you recall, having asthma yeah. my whole life mm -hmm. and having to learn to deal with that. And asthma can wrap itself up emotionally mm -hmm. and it can wrap itself up physically. And so it has many different aspects of how it triggers. In fact, if anything, it has triggers. And so having to work with uh, my breath and going into that was something that really changed my life forever. And so this man actually took me aside and started teaching me pranayama, which is the breathing, the true breathing exercises behind yoga. And when I moved back to, this was out in BC. And mm -hmm. so when I moved back to Ontario, then I really started to uh, just calm down. I got away from martial arts. I needed to just calm the fuck down <laughs> you and so, yeah. and so i really got heavily into yoga and, and you, as you know i've been meditating for a long time anyway but my meditations again were always based in my imagination mm -hmm. and so being able to connect with my breath and being able to ground myself began to give my meditations a very different trajectory and it began to teach me, I guess, in some ways, uh, because I, I would connect. I, I can't say what I was connecting with. We'll just say the universe, my higher self, how my higher self translates the universe. And so it just began teaching me, unfortunately, everything. <laughs> I don't mean everything in human drama world. Yes. I mean everything in like universal connection and energy. And so, well, I can't say everything because that's infinite, but a tremendous amount, more than I could handle. And so working my breath with it allowed me to process that information. Yes. And allowed me to ground myself so that I could process that information maturely and calmly instead of uh, every time I'd have an epiphany at first, 
you know, it, it would set my adrenals off, right? It'd be like, oh my God, this connects with this, which connects with it. And I'd go crazy <laughs> because I'd see a thousand connections. I think you still do. <laughs> well, I'm calmer now in it. <laughs> but you yeah, I mean, the universe still, yeah. no, I'm still in awe. And that that's what's awesome about the universe is the fact that, you know, if you can keep your childlike heart, it will always surprise you. You will always be in awe of the beauty of, of, you know, even, even in awe of how people can be on one side of the fence, so negative and, and, you know, fuck things up, but then so beautiful and so passionate and compassionate on the other and be so helpful and, 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 you know, communal and all of this. And so we see all of these different elements of people. And so this allowed me to explore those sides of myself in my breath. But the thing that led me the most was really coming to understand my fear. Really learning, because with asthma, panic is a large issue. Excuse me. Dealing with the exhalation is what actually trained me. Because with, with asthma, the psychology gets warped and you begin grasping for the breath. The funny thing is this just isn't in, in asthma. Whenever people go into emotional situations, if they have anxiety or, or any of these things, uh, usually depression, the breath gets weaker. Mm -hmm. You're not breathing much. With anxiety, you're over-breathing. And you're breathing up here, panic breath usually too. And so the idea is to sink the breath into the core, breathe with the whole core. And that allows you to relax. It allows your organs to relax. It allows you to relax your nervous system it's very somatic. It allows you to calm down. And then in that process, <clears throat> you're able to see things clearer. And so when you get into the exhalation, for me, it taught me not to take the breath because instead what it taught me how to do was to receive the breath. And so I would do that through exhaling. Like a vacuum cleaner, I would empty myself completely. And then just by relaxing, the breath would come in on its own. I would receive it. Mm -hmm. And this took training, of course, because panic likes to get in there. We're greedy, right? We have greedy minds. And, mind, we're greedy and is this through, you know, how um, most people who do study breath work, I know, and if you can elaborate on this, that when, you know, when we're babies, we're born to inhale through the Buddha breath, through the belly. Yes. And then yeah. we, as we grew older, we became lazy and then it's all up in the chest. So it's chest breathing. So, well, you, it's great that you, you bring it back to the baby because- yeah. To be honest with you, this is where I really came to understand more than myself and the, the universe at large. And more than that, the idea of creation. I don't like to say creator. That always makes me think of something that's ended now. Or oh, the creator, he created it. Well, I like the idea of creation. It's <clears throat> just always going. It's just always. Yep. And so uh, there is a design. And when we're born, we're breathing naturally. But what that's doing is also massaging your internal organs with every breath. And we're supposed to massage our internal that's organs right. with every breath. Yes. If you don't, imagine living a life where you're not massaging your organs with every breath when you're supposed to be. I, but here's the thing, though, too. We're not taught this, David. No, you're not. That's a whole other that. thing of consciousness. We in our in, in the way we've disconnected with nature. We've taken our process of communication, it's verbal, it's outward, we write, we draw, everything is external, 
And we've externalized it because we've externalized ourselves from nature, even though we are nature. Mm -hmm. Everything else communicates without it. They have certain sounds, but most of it's done internally. The, the horse knows how to walk. The, the animals know how to breathe. They, they don't have to be taught the natural process. There's some things they might have to be taught how to hunt, little things like this. But for the most part, they, they rely on instinct. Mm -hmm. Ask a human what instinct feels like to them. They're going to go off on some shallow end thing of, well, I just know what my gut tells me. But your gut, if you have anxiety, is going to tell you wrong because your mind is controlling your gut. Now, when you're a baby, everything is true. Every sound that comes out of you is truth because it's coming from the truth of the baby. And the, right? ba and the body doesn't lie. The body never lies. If I killed someone and was put under a polygraph and said, nope, I didn't do it, my body would be like, fuck him, he did it. Yeah. Right? And, and it would betray me because my body will give the truth. Unless I'm a sociopath, I can get away with it then. Yeah. But other than that, because <laughs> they're wired differently. So back to but, the baby. Back to the baby. Yeah. So back to the baby. Everything is natural in the baby. This is when you're connected the most. Yes. And this is when you're living truth the most. I can't say what truth is, but I can certainly say that my body knows how to express it. Mm -hmm. I can certainly say that when I open up to my real feelings, not my emotions, my feelings, they speak truth. Emotions can be very uh, confusing. The emotions are set more in the aspect of the verbal mind, the ego. Feelings themselves are much more deeper rooted, connected into our instincts and how we really need to be reacting to our environment and connecting with our environment or connecting with the universe in that sense. And so when we ground in our breath and it relaxes everything, the body understands that you're reconnecting. It knows this. You're shifting back into the natural pattern of the natural design. And when you are sitting in the natural design, the information just flows. And when you're not sitting in it, the information becomes muddy. Like a, like, like a, I always like to say when, when, when you're really in that place, you know it because you're, you're, it's like you're facing a pond, which is reflecting the universe itself, right? You're, it's calm. It's reflecting. If I took a pebble and threw it in there, you'd see every ripple and understand every direction. However, you can have a mind that's just like a raging ocean crashing against a shoreline of rocks. You throw a pebble in there. You don't even see it hit the water because there's that much chaos. Yeah. And so the mind gets that way. And it's the breath that allows us to ground the nervous system, to ground the, and the emotions, right? Our hormones. Every system in our body is rooted back to the breath and is controlled by the breath. Like the, I don't like use it, but I don't like to use the word control. However, it's like an, it's more like the orchestrator in an orchestra. He's oh, I like that. Okay. And so yeah. he, you know, yeah. that or she is the one conducting how the whole orchestra has to go. Exactly. But imagine if your trumpet player comes in and he's all hammered one night, you know, and he's like, -da -da -da! right. At least there's control that can get in there and try to correct that. But what happens if the orchestrator comes in and he's hammered? <laughs> you it's all just cacophony my viewers so, have my viewers have to or my listeners have to see this just to view <laughs> but but you can imagine a body like an orchestra if it's not being conducted properly 
Yes. And so your breath is, is in my feelings, the breath is the true expression of consciousness. Ooh. And this is what connects Yes, yes, yes. Right? Because it's kind of like, well, where is consciousness? We can never say, you know, like the radio, you can't rip the radio apart to find a DJ. He's not in there. Yeah. He's not in there. And you can't rip me apart and find me in here either. I'm not in here. <laughs> I'm an aspect of it. I am an expression of it. And so that starts first with the breath. Take away food. I bet I can go a month, maybe more, maybe way more. Take away water. I can last maybe a month if I can really stretch it out. Yeah. Take away the breath. I'm not lasting minutes. Mm -hmm. Done. It is the most important physical aspect of our human life. And we ignore it as if it is pretty much the, the most common, just whatever thing. And yet we don't know how to do it. I, I would say probably more than 95% of the human population on this planet today is breathing incorrectly and is creating a very tremendous amount of their own problems just by the way they're breathing. But and it's and they're not managing those issues because of it either. But are you noticing, like, I don't know how much you're on social media, but I'm finding that there's more people that are waking up to it. They're now, there's people taking courses and teaching Yes. as well so i believe that we are now waking up to it through meditation yoga helps but i've noticed that there's there's like instructors like you can go for a weekend workshop so i do this is that's what i'm saying the timing of this conversation is amazing because we need you we need you know your knowledge your wisdom because you've been doing this for how many years and i'm like so I'm, seeing all these, I'm seeing all these workshops and I'm like, my brother's been doing this for years. Yeah. Right. Well, so I would say uh, uh, for myself, I feel like living proof because I mean, you know what I was like when I was young. Yeah. I was a nutcase and I did all of did this. A lot of people thought that was through ADHD. Did people think that of you? Uh, yeah, a lot of things, uh, well, anywhere from bipolar to, yeah, I was, let's just say you could diagnose me all over the board. Okay. And even when I began studying psychology, I began to realize how useless it was to study it because I could generalize almost anything in there and, and identify myself as it. So I began to realize overdiagnosis is creating more issues. I'm overcomplicating this. And so by the time I got to the breath, I simplified it. Now, of course, then the universe complicated it by then literally just using me as a vessel of information mm -hmm. for years. For years, I, I couldn't hold down any real friendships because I couldn't talk with anybody. I, I had a hard time connecting with people because it was the only thing I could talk about because it was the only thing the universe was pumping in. Re I remember when- you I remember one time you even said, you're speaking alien to me. And, and wow. that's how most well, people- you know when that was, David? That's when you it was came a long back. time ago. <laughs> when you came, it's when you came back from China. Yeah, when I came back from that, China, you came back a totally different person. Yeah, and I didn't know how to take you at the time. Like I said, you were talking a different language. Yeah, and, and not I, Chinese. Back then, I wasn't into. You know, I was newly married and a new mom, and my head couldn't yeah. wrap around where yeah. you were at but now i look back and go holy shit you knew yeah. way back then what i know now yeah. and you know well I, I remember for you it was 
childbirth and that stimulated something. You had a major awakening and connection during childbirth, which of course is something I could never relate to, except that that was your chrysalis, right? That was, that was your chrysalis. And that was what, what broke you open, opened your cocoon into this new being. Uh, mine was slower in that sense, but I did have one night where it happened all at once. And it was at a friend's house and I was doing a standing meditation and I've been doing it for quite a while. I can't tell you how long, probably I was probably standing there for two hours. And then all of a sudden, so it's like in um, Lord of the Rings, there's that big giant eye and there's, it's kind of like, you know, like there's energy or whatever going in or out of it. Well, it yeah. looked like yeah. that. When I saw that movie, it freaked me out because that's, that's basically what I saw. And it was like this universal eye where a tremendous amount of energy it was like a vortex was flowing into it, but also out of it at the same time. And then I heard like a billion voices. It felt like my brain was melting. And, and then I, I think I just collapsed, to be honest with you, because I woke up on the floor hours later <clears throat> and I was confused. I was like, what was that all about? And then for two years, it was just constant of that information i couldn't sleep because it wanted to show me how universes were connected how how atoms were were actual living organisms that were actual ecosystems and it would show me not how they're built but how they actually flow energy from one system of time into another you know from one dimension into another and how all of these things interconnect like an ecosystem mm. with ecosystems within ecosystems and that's how I began to see energy all of a sudden. I began to see the entire universe, the multiverse itself, as a complete ecosystem of ecosystems. The human body as well as an ecosystem. And that opened me up to be able to see the multi-layers of consciousness that was right there at my disposal, to all of our disposal, if we just tap into it. We just I don't like to use the word awaken because that just assumes that everyone else is asleep, like they're non-playing characters. And I don't I think that. You. I hear you. I agree. Yeah. Everyone moves at their own time. You know, yeah. I was a late bloomer in many areas of my life. And so I don't want to say, you know, that someone else who's somewhere else in their life, they're where they need to be right now. You know, however, you know, at some point, hey, let's all fucking wake up. <laughs> well, I still think your big wake up was when you went and lived in China for what, a year? And well, it happened before that. It was actually out in BC, but but coming back, that was my wake up. But I woke up, I woke up groggy, <laughs> so I had a I had a process. I, I needed my I needed like a whole Qigong coffee for two yeah. years, right? And just and just and just bring it all in. And yeah. so, and my viewers that, don't know that my listeners and viewers don't know that you do that as well. Qigong, yes. all of, all of the energy, martial. Um, I mix it all together. Yeah. And so I'm at a point now, even where if I'm going to teach it, I really prefer to teach both sides. I don't want to just teach martial and I don't want to just teach healing because there's a fine line between the two. Mm -hmm. And there's a large area where consciousness integrates <clears throat> between those two realms. Um, just one example, let's say I could be sparring with, you know, one of my students, I can notice his shoulder is, is out of, you know, it's, it's not doing good. And so I might, you know, grab him, bring him down. And you're just, there's this point where you're just going between the line of breaking and healing. And it's a nice little place and they trust me and I'll just tweak it. And all of a sudden, boom, the shoulder opens up and then they can relax and they can move, you know? And so there's different approaching for different people too. You think I can get half those martial art guys on the table, rub them down? 
no way they're too they're, all right man touching me what the fuck man right <laughs> that's their insecurity <laughs> i'm not looking for that right and so they have to deal with that but there's guys that will they'll get on that table and go yeah fix me up man i hurt you know and they get it and so take that pain away and they're they're easier husbands <laughs> you know yeah. uh, i had a, a a woman come in once and she was i was treating her for a while i i also used to do traditional chinese medicine and all this uh, which i dabble in sometimes still with friends and family but um i'm busy with many other things but as i was working on her she asked me to see her husband so he came in and he had some serious pain issues which i like to say unfortunately i treated in one issue because people look at that as some kind of miracle I don't do miracles. I might participate in it, but everybody participates. Channeler, in it. Channeler. Yeah. Well, not even that. We all have to participate in it. Everybody who's a part of it is participating. In it. And so, uh, you know, he, he goes home and, and then she comes in a week later and she's like, what did you do to my husband? And at first I'm like, oh shit, what, what did I do? <laughs> and then she's like, he's like singing and whistling, <clears throat> doing the dishes He's active. And I was like, oh, that's simple. He's not frustrated with pain anymore. Mm-hmm. He was like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, maybe you weren't paying attention, but he was walking around for months and months and months in tremendous amount of pain. And when we removed the pain, we removed the frustration on his nervous system. And he could sing and dance and do the dishes again and be a happy husband. <laughs> feel alive. Feel alive. <laughs> and feel alive rather than having to listen to that part of your body that's just screaming at you. Yeah. Something. Right. Well, that's, that's what I feel of most people going forward is they're not actually taking the time to listen to their body. Cause I always say the body is your antenna. It's always speaking to you, telling you things. And especially where are they holding the block? So you said it was in his shoulder. Where was he holding the pain? Right in. Right. Like right in. So yeah. close to the heart, close to the throat. It was from an accident. Right. Yeah. I'm talking energy wise. Where's it yeah. close to for the chakras? So oh, that- yeah, and it pressures on it. It right? constricts. It can sorry, it constricts. The heart closes down, like not down, but it shuts. It, yeah. it goes into protection mode, protection. right, and yeah. defensive mode. And the nervous system starts to do the same thing, and the behavior and the personality will follow suit like a like a river. And unless you can remove the obstruction. You know, the person can literally crystallize themselves into that over time if they don't deal with it. Did you have him breathe? Like, did you do breathing work? Oh, yeah. yeah. Anybody I work on, they got to know how to breathe through it. Okay. Yeah. I work, I work their breath with them as we do it. So for my, my listeners, how would you, like, can you describe for my listeners, like, what's the proper way to, of using the breath? If you, if, if, if any of my listeners have any pain that they're holding on to in certain areas of the body, what would you what would you say to them? Well, it's a bit of a process and you can, I do have a YouTube. Oh, uh, if you go yeah. to um, uh, the Samadhi Center. Uh, the name, what is channel. the name of your YouTube? That's uh, so uh, I'm on with actually, I'm on with Dan Schmidt. Okay. He's, Wait, he's we, a, can, we can put, yeah, that we can do that later. Below. Yeah. And there, uh, and we can hook up um, different links in there too, but I have uh, cheek, Qigong classes. There's like 20 different Qigong classes. Oh, cool. And then there's also um, two videos that I have just on boosting the immune system with the breath. And then the podcast, which we can link to, which is the science and ecology of the breath. And so all of those really kind of break down how you can manage your pain, how you get in tune with, with how to have a relaxed breath. Sometimes we can overcomplicate breathing exercises. 
And I think maybe in the beginning, sometimes we really just need to learn the Buddha breath, just to learn how to, which is the passive breath. And then we move into the, the active breath later. But people need to calm down. People need to get that somatic craziness just grounding and get the health back, get the, the organs and cells to relax because they express our emotions as well. And we need to get in there and get the whole hologram of our consciousness back in sync with itself. Then we can really start playing around with more breathing exercises, you know, because they can take you places. They really can. And there's some pretty wicked, awesome charge up breathing exercises out there that you can explore. Lots of amazing teachers that have What's your take discovered on techniques. Hop? The Wim Hof breathing. I love Wim Hof. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that was so I was doing cold showers for 10 years and I thought, well, you know, this is great. Cold showers, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, I was very inspired just by what the man went through to be honest with you. Uh, and, 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 you know, and as a father to be able to manage that as a single father and, and to, to, you know, his idea was he lost his wife, right? Is that how yeah. And he handled everything before they got up. He did, you know, uh, somewhere in there, I, I believe I heard him say, um, you know, I wanted to be in that right place for my children when they woke up, you know? So he'd done all the work and then he's, a, you know, he's charged. He's like, right. He's, he's, he's in that good place for his kids and uh but the idea of of doing a cold plunges and it was just at an interesting time in my life where i guess i was going through hormonal changes as well i'm 50 now and so going through um my my 40s you know there were some changes that started to occur but one of them was frustration and i was having a hard time uh i didn't know where it was coming from because there weren't really things that were driving my frustration and so it was just i felt myself short with things and so I started to do the cold plunges and I began to realize that it helped me because it was tapping me back into that survival. And I get in there and be like, whoa, you know, and I'd have to grip, you know, deal with that, that emotion. It allowed me a place to release that emotion and express it. And then over time, now I just sing in it. I still do cold baths almost every single day. And how long? Uh, how long? well, that depends on where I'm at anywhere from five to 15 minutes. Oh my God. And so and if I have any, if I have any inflammation, then I, I like to be in there a bit longer. Uh, and then I'll sometimes also do a nice hot bath afterwards. Sometimes like, because I do ecstatic dances, um, our whole community is into ecstatic dances. And so, you know, yeah, sometimes. Can you share with my listeners very quickly? Like, where is it that you live? Oh, uh, well, I live about half hour Northeast of Bancroft. And so I live in the middle of nowhere. Which is Northern but, Canada for my listeners. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we have a good community of people up here and a lot of them are into, you know, the same type of stuff in their own ways. And, uh, but we all love dancing. And so usually once or twice a month, we get these dances going. And so before I go to a dance and it's free expression dance, right. And, and it's usually like anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours. I should whatever. join you. Oh, you really should. You would love it. Like they're amazing. And, and you just feel amazing afterwards, but to get myself prepared for that, that give i'll do a cold bath hot bath cold bath hot bath and then i'm totally just yeah just in a row boom 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 and then my body is just open and then i can just let myself go and i'm dancing and so i find that using that because use the cold water too really connects you with your breathing <laughs> you <have> no choice <laughs> yeah. like no choice but um that's kind of getting away from the breath though um when you're working with the breath, 
you're working with your true self. This is something that I think we really have to understand because our breathing does not lie. Mm -hmm. There is an emotion and a breath for every like instance that we have and they change and they interrelate with each other and they overlap and they have weird patterns and they have weird algorithms. And we have to learn how to pick them apart because they're wrapped up in our traumas. They're wrapped up in our OCDs. They're wrapped up in the things that we try to control and they're wrapped up in our belief systems. And I can keep going. They're just peel the onion. <laughs> right. And when we do this kind of breath work, uh, we really get ourselves more activated for that. I, I believe in, you know, that you and the Qigong and doing the yoga, uh, the Tai Chi, all of those. I believe in any of those mindful exercises that also challenge you enough as well and keep your body physically healthy. Because if you really want to connect, then it's very important that your body can relax and let you go, you know? And so if you're out there exploring, then what's going to happen when your back gets sore? Well, it's, it's like a beacon or like an anchor that pulls you back in again. And so if you're trying to get into the astral body or, or explore different dimensions or connect with, you know, different beings or whatever it is that you do on that other side, it's important that the body itself will let you, that your emotions will let you and that overall the ego will let you. And so I have a few words of wisdom that I like to say, the whole kill the ego, destroy your ego, all that. That's combative. It's aggressive. It's not necessary. How about elicit the ego? You know, down to the root, really, the ego just wants success. So if the ego really just wants success, why don't you just change its trajectory? Be friends with it. Let the two of you work it out because it's still you anyway. Have a little dance. And so, yeah. And so together, you kind of work out what's needed and what's wanted and try to fix those two to work with each other in that way. And then when then we, we kind of, and here's the next part, because I'm going back to the child again, we begin to treat ourselves differently. So when we talk to ourselves, and I think this is probably the most important thing, really, uh, next to the breath, is how we talk to ourselves. Mm. Who is it we're talking to in there? And many people, you know, ask me that question. Well, who is it you think you're talking to in there? Well, to me, the same person I've been talking to since I could talk. And that's me as that child. And so I'm always talking to the inner child when I'm talking. We've become um, this dual entity in there, and we shouldn't be. We need to integrate and know that we're one whole being. But if you want to just dissect it just for a moment, just to analyze it, then you can see that you're talking to that child. And so my next question is, how would you talk to a child? Like, really, would you berate the child? Would you insult the child? Some people do, yeah. And you know what's going on in there. And so... I mean, for me, it's always been about encouraging the child, boost the child. Yeah. Obviously, explore reality with the child. You know, don't over compliment them in the sense where it's not being real either. Mm -hmm. It has to be grounded. But there needs to be that great form of respect and everything with children. And so we have to be able to do that with ourselves. And that builds the internal relationship of love, of self-love. But the breath has to be a part of that as well because it's very easy to be triggered and the breath allows us to regain a high level of influence over those triggers. Notice I didn't say control yeah. <laughs> because we can't always do it. <laughs> just at least like, Hey, 98% of the time is great. You know, there, sometimes you just have shit in your life that just 
your breath just isn't going to fix. <laughs> and so, you know, we have to work through that as well. But in the end, it still allows us to come back to that place. So for me, I find that being honest with myself in my breath allows my breath to teach me how to be honest outwardly as well. I could listen to you forever. Seriously. You don't have to ramble forever, and that's the problem. <laughs> no, seriously. You're just, you're just so knowledgeable, and especially when it comes to the body. Like, you know, I listened to your podcast the other day, and I was just like, holy shit. Like, is there anything that you don't know? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot right? of things I don't know. Well, I just meant- I don't really know how to back up a trailer very well, but I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but- yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. No, I just, I just strongly feel that, you know, when people start taking control of their own health and well-being, um, and we could have a whole other conversation when it, when it comes to Western medicine and pharmaceuticals and all of that, because, you know, we've just been programmed and programmed and programmed and more and more, I think people, like you said, I don't really want to say awaken, but people are starting to realize how important it is to now take control of our own well-being through our own foods, through air, through breath, through exercise, through food, you know, and I, I admire where you are right now. And for my listeners and viewers, and that is, you know, you're practically, well, I guess like living off the grid, but you grow a lot of your own food. You're surrounded by nature. Like you're walking your talk. You definitely. As much that. as I can. As yes. much as you can. Yes. And we're, and, and, and we're, I mean, and not just me, my wife as well. Like we're both working toward, you know, that more living the way we feel we really should be living. Yeah. And, but it's a compromise too. We have two teenage boys and we have to compromise. We have to work with them yeah. so that they don't, um, you know, look at this and regret it or, or, or hate their way of life or whatever. We, we have to find balance. And so we can't be, you know, like, like all like iron fist about it either. And so it's important for us to be flexible parents in that as well and, and get them interested in it in some ways, you know, here or there. Um, the food that we grow definitely um, uh, is something that we're learning uh, the process more and more. Learning how to store it is also an important thing to learn. We've, we've gone through trial and error, you know, with different things like that, but we're, uh, we're also not in any hurry. And so <clears throat> this is something that we're just, you know, feeling out and experiencing experiencing and sharing with each other as we're going and really learning how to develop our land. Like I have this theory in Qigong. I come from a more Taoist background. doesn't mean I'm Taoist, but uh, what, it, what I like to say when I represent Taoism in that is that real connection to nature and the ancient Taoists formed a lot of their exercises around how they work with nature, like gardening or, you know, like, like, especially gardening, <laughs> farming, all of those things. And, you know, it's kind of a natural way. And I have, for me, I feel I have a very deep relationship with this planet. It's a, it's a very strange planet. That's for sure. And I think maybe that's, <laughs> that's like nowadays. Yes, exactly. But I don't mean just people just remove the people. I just mean the planet itself, its own consciousness. It's such a, it's such a bizarre, beautiful, amazing consciousness uh, because it has so much, peace and violence as the wind chimes are picking up 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and for me, earth consciousness is one of the levels of consciousness that I, I feel I went through as I opened more to the consciousness of the universe. But um, my energy is going back into it. So when my wife and I are working and working in the garden, we're applying our energy to it and, you know, the chi to it. And then that's also, that comes back. That's a sustainable energy. Yes, yes. And so that's biological and natural energy, sustainable energy. And that's something that we're really learning how to cultivate more and more as we're doing it. And so it's not just breath. And we live in a forest and that helps. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And so plenty of oxygen here. Yeah. You just stopped right there. That's <laughs> <laughs> when I realize I'm rambling. It's <laughs> okay. For once my listeners get to hear someone else than just me speaking. So it's a treat. It's also a treat for me. But um, so when it comes to finding you, David, and people wanting to know more about you, because I have a feeling they're gonna they're they're gonna be intrigued after listening to this and may want to look you up more. Are you under Chicology or are you under just David? Yeah. Um, well, Chicology will connect me through any probably like um, search finder or whatever. So if you go to YouTube and type in Chicology, I'll Would spell you, that. Spell that, please. <laughs> Q-I. Yeah. So it's Q-I-C-O-L-O-G-Y. And that just means the study of life force energy. Right? So G means life force. And so what, what is life force, right? So then we explore that and explore, you know, what is life force in itself? To me, life force is the energy that is derived from the activity of life. And it is an infinite feedback loop. Okay, before we sign off, because I did say, you know, it only went to take about yes. 30 minutes of your time. You have to do this for me, my listeners. <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to ask this, but I hope you'll do it. Can you do Yoda for me, please? <laughs> Yoda, you want me to do yes? <laughs> mm, the force is with you, yes. Mm. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you know what? Go back and watch Empire Strikes Back, and you will, you will, there are so many amazing, the, the true teachings of Yoda is in Empire Strikes Back which is why it's my favorite movie. The training sequence with Luke and what he has to go through with Yoda. There's so many metaphors in that. Like even when he has to go down into the cave, which is like us going into our own self-exploration. And when he meets he meets Vader, who identifies as his father, this this and this dark side kind of person, which a lot of people have, like it represents that parent anyway, right? And uh, and then when he, you know, the, the, the interesting part of it is that he lights his lightsaber first. So it shows that he's reactive. He's the one moving to aggression too quickly. And then when he decapitates, spoiler, when he cuts off uh, (laughs) Vader's head and it rolls, the the face mask explodes and it's Luke's face. It's his own face. Mm -hmm. And and, and the the great thing about this is as he's about to go in, he says to Yoda, what am I going to find in there? And Yoda says, "Mm, only what you bring with you. Love it. He grabs his weapons. He starts to put his weapons on. And Yoda says, mm, need those, you will not. And Yoda and Luke just gives him a look like, yeah, whatever. Typical youth, right? Yeah, whatever. Locks on, on those weapons and in he goes. And that is what he has to face now. 
And so we have to be very careful what we choose our intentions to be when we go into meditation as well. And when we lock our breath into it as well, because that's something that you want to make sure that you're working through. And you always want to make sure that you're not trying to get out of something. Mm-hmm. You need to go through it. The only way out is through. And so we have to go through the whole breath right to the end, complete its exhalation and receive it. Yeah, we'll have to do another podcast just on breath work alone. How you mm-hmm. described it when I listened to yours a while back, um, which is important. And one thing that I do say to my clients too is try to be more of the observer. Check in on your body from time to time and observe. Are you holding the breath? Are you, uh, are, is it running smoothly? You know, just tap in and check in. Tap in, tune in, turn on. Right. And so I think if people practice that throughout their day is checking in, observe the vessel, observe your body and just check in with the breath and where you can never do that too much. You can't, but I just, you know what it is, is that every day people are just so caught up in their nine to five. They're just their daily routine. They don't stop to allow themselves to observe, but more importantly, to feel. Yeah, but they'll certainly reboot their phone. The note the moment they notice there's an oh, issue with okay, that's the can of worms. They got to reboot themselves, right? Yeah. Reboot, reboot, reboot. Yes. Yes. Reboot. That's a good, yes. that's a great way of saying yes. it. Time yes. to reboot. Time to recharge. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Uh, if I can just say, because um, I have a few different things on the go, uh, I do have a music project with uh, my friend uh, Daniel Schmidt. And it's called the Fractal Verse, and it's all journey music. And uh, we have 13 albums and you'll know, you can tell just by the cover, what giant, what kind of journey it yes. is yes. or by the name of the album, yeah. what kind of journey it is. They're anywhere from two to four hours. Now, can I, is it safe for me to say that there's some kind of psychedelic substance? Oh, we just put out a video too. Oh, oh yes. Okay. So that, um, so what, what this is, is you can either take entheogens with it. Uh, which like mushrooms, whatever, you know, that kind of thing, right? Like little uh, psychedelics or whatever. Or if you don't like the idea of that, but have always wanted to explore it, our music gives a lot of that, a lot of that sensation. We've had a lot of people that don't do drugs or don't do any type of psychedelics or antigens or anything like that who have uh, expressed that our music allows them to go where at least where they, they feel that's what they're experiencing. Allow themselves to go. Yeah. And it allows them to journey without having to take a substance in that sense. Beautiful. And uh, yeah. And it's beautiful music. It, and a lot of it's it. it uh, one of our sayings is we meditate to make music to meditate. to. Love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. And I hope my listeners will tap into that as well. Right. Cause that, I'm a, I'm a believer in, in plant medicine. So Yes. Yes. Me too. <laughs> all right, brother. And then there's times when you don't, right? So it's just all listen. Yeah. All like observe, listen, and you know. That could be a whole other podcast right there. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, it's okay. been an honor. I appreciate you uh, asking. And uh, thank Natasha for allowing me to, uh, should I say, uh, keep you all to myself. <laughs> she doesn't mind at all kidnapped you into this podcast and uh, sharing your wisdom. I hope my listeners uh, at least take away something from this. Is there anything you want to say? Is there anything, is there any advice? Is there anything that you would like to share? I think I just wrapped it up. 
I, if there's one thing I would really like to just really try to get across with people is you got to stop being hard on yourself. It gets you nowhere except in a hard place. Yeah. So true. You know, forgiveness is the ultimate power and it's got to start with yourself first. Yourself. You I can't, you can't make it, you can't make change like this an obligation. You can't do it because you hate yourself. You have to do it because you love yourself love or else yourself. it's just an obligation. If you love yourself, then, oh my God, it becomes an inspiration. Totally. Yes. Yeah. All right, bro. I'm just going to turn off the recording and if you could just hang on. Okay. Okay. And for my listeners and viewers, thank you for joining um, another episode for spirit chat and um, please feel free to leave your thoughts. If you have any questions for my brother, reach out to me. I'll be, I'll be happy to share the link and all that stuff. And hopefully I can add it on um, in my introduction when I write it out. Okay. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. So what did you think? Did you enjoy the conversation? Did you learn lots? I know I did. That's why I wanted to bring my my brother onto the platform and share him with you because he is a healer. He was a born healer, is a born healer, I should say. And um, he's a product of his environment. And um, I just feel it's so, so important for us to really observe and tap in, tune in, turn on into our breath. And um, his knowledge on earth consciousness, like he's just, again, he is Yoda. (laughs) I'm telling you, did you like that when I asked him to do it? So if you're interested in learning more about my brother and his modalities, please feel free to go to my YouTube channel, um, Helen Peacock. I'm easy to find. And that way you can also see us as well. You can see everything in the background and what I was just discussing. So. Yeah, Helen Peacock, check out my YouTube channel there. And um, he's got two links that you could find him in for YouTube. I can't say it here because it's just too long of a link. So again, thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate you listening and our conversation that we had. I love, I love, I love, I love him. If I haven't said that enough. And um, yeah, I wish you well and happy breathing. If you enjoyed my podcast and would like to have your very own session with me, please visit my website at helenpeacock.ca. And you can also subscribe and follow me on social media. And wherever you are listening from, I would really love it if you could please leave me a review. Thank you again for tuning in. And remember, love never ends. It's just different. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.